Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Are you reeling from the effects of financial abuse? Or have you experienced financial trauma because someone else has been controlling your purse strings? Or are you just scraping by financially, worried about trying to make ends meet? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, stick around because this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs explores how to break free from a scarcity mindset, even when you are in survival mode. So get ready to say goodbye to the misery of uncertainty with a lack of security when you feel like you are in survival mode and can't find a way to get ahead. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Feel a Million Dollars Even If You Are Just Scraping By workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandyj.com.au forward slash workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link. I've got a question for you. Are you one of the 99% of women who have been in an abusive relationship who is also suffering in your day-to-day life because of financial abuse? If you have answered yes, then you're not alone. As I said, 99% of women who have been in an abusive relationship have been financially abused. The effects of financial abuse can be absolutely devastating and some women never fully recover from this form of abuse that impacts on your most basic need for survival. Knowing firsthand from my own experience what it is to be one step away from homelessness at more than one point in my own life because of the financial abuse in the abusive relationship that I was in makes this episode so important because I know from my own experience how crucial it is to get the right help at the right times when you need help to heal your life and your bank account. And I know how easy it is to stay in a scarcity mindset. 
long, long after breaking free from the abusive relationship. And even when you have a savings buffer in place again and how this scarcity energy can keep you stuck in a cycle of lack and limitation. So I just want to share some good news with you and let you know that there are ways that you can heal your scarcity mindset, even if you are in survival mode. And I wish that someone had given me the knowledge that I have now long ago so that I would not have taken so long to understand the key elements I needed to learn to heal my own life and my own scarcity mindset. So let's dive in now and talk about how to heal a scarcity mindset even when you are in survival mode. Now, the first thing I want to cover is how our experiences shape our paradigms. What I mean by a paradigm is a belief that you have adopted that becomes the lens, if you like, that you are looking at life through. So for someone who has experienced financial abuse and trauma around money, they will look at life through the lens of fear of lack, limitation, and a loss of control. And when you look at life through this lens, even if you have broken free from the abusive relationship, you will likely not even have faith that you are okay, even when you have managed to build up that savings buffer and you are managing to cover all your bills and your living expenses. So even when you are doing this consistently, you will likely still be fearful of losing what you have. And if this is you, okay, you may even find that you always seem to have a big unexpected expense that comes up just when you hit an amount in your account that makes you feel like you can just relax a little bit about your finances and you are just taken straight back to where you started again because of this unexpected expense that's just come up out of the blue. So these kinds of experiences are quite common. You might look at this glass ceiling that you have unintentionally created subconsciously because your subconscious mind is still convinced that your norm is just scraping by. Your subconscious mind isn't trying to sabotage you either not at all, even if it might appear that that's what's happening or it might feel that way. Your subconscious mind is actually trying to protect you and keep you safe. I know that that sounds really counterintuitive. It might even sound a bit crazy. How can your subconscious mind think 
it is protecting you by keeping you in survival mode. Now, the logic behind this is that your subconscious mind has grown super accustomed to you surviving with the B minimum. So your subconscious mind is bound to keep you at that level because it believes that you can and will survive at this level. This is what it is accustomed to. And this is further reinforced when you start feeling fearful every time you start seeing money coming in because you fear losing it. So the subconscious mind picks up on your fear and helps you energetically manifest situations that will help you lose that money again. So one of my favourite quotes by Einstein, of which there are many, is everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. So that's pretty straightforward, the way Einstein portrays that. And it really lends itself to that example that I just gave about you being accustomed to being in the scarcity mindset. And so your fear will keep you in that energy and that energy will then make sure that your reality matches that energy that is driving your subconscious mind. So don't just take my word for it as an energy healer. Take it from one of the most brilliant minds of recent times, Einstein. He was absolutely remarkable in his thinking, in, in not only scientifically, but in his philosophies on life. Absolutely amazing. So if we fear losing money, we are in that energy. I just really want to emphasize that we are holding that energy. And our subconscious mind absorbs this energy and has no other choice but to recreate more of the energy in terms of our experience. So I'm going to, I just want to use an example from my own life. For a long time, my money story was that I could just keep my head above water. I could just manage to pay the rent. I could just manage to pay the bills, albeit that I would need to ask for extensions or, you know, get uh, onto extended payment plans to pay off those bills. And I could still just manage to put food on the table most of the time and get basic medicines. I always found ways to just manage, just scrape by. I had no line of credit because I'd lost my home. That was my only asset of any substantial value. And this destroyed my credit rating for seven years. I was unable to even access a credit card. And this, I knew 
was a godsend because if I had a credit card, I would have dug a deeper hole for myself. It would have been super, super easy for me to justify spending on my credit card for things that I felt we needed. But I am so glad that I managed to scrape by during these times without using a credit card as it taught me valuable skills to manage life with the basic level of income that I had and living within your means is something that many people have no idea how to do. And um, it's not their fault. It's the society that we live in that teaches people to live with, not within their means. Um, and I'll go into that further a little bit down the track. I just want to stop here for a moment and I just want to focus for a minute on the lessons that I learned from going through that experience. The lessons I learned were actually the gift that I would take away from the experience. So if you hear somebody saying that life didn't happen to them, it happened for them, then this is what is meant by that, is the, the gift that is given to us through these very hard times in our life is normally comes in the form of lessons that we learn that will help us not to repeat those mistakes, that will help us to grow and to flourish in our lives. So the reason I want to reflect on this for a second is that really recognising the lessons that you learn from your experiences are a big part, huge part of what will help you to change your energy. And that is an essential part of getting out of the scarcity mindset and really breaking that glass ceiling and changing your energy to attract the things that you do want into your life. So the only way to heal your subconscious and change your mindset is to change your energy and your most dominant thoughts and feelings. So that's why I want to I want you to just have a think about some of the financial lessons that you have learned from your own experiences. And I want you to write these down. I want you to have this list somewhere super, super handy. When you see how much you have learned, it will help you to feel more confident. And the more confident you feel, the more you will change your energy, which will help you to break through that glass ceiling that I talked about before. So just for example, here are a few, a few lessons that I have learned from my own experience as an example, okay? I, as I said, I learned to live within my means. I learned that I could still have fun in life without spending money, which is a huge one. Um, I learned that I could create magical, memorable experiences for my children without spending money. I learned that living without a credit card saves me lots of money. I learned how to turn trash into treasure by becoming a second-hand dealer. 
I learned the importance of saving. I learned the importance of investing. I learned the importance of having SMART goals. If you want to know more about SMART goals, just go back to the episode before this one and take a listen because I go in depth about SMART goals, um, which really make goals achievable. And that's what we want goals to be. We don't want goals to be so big that we don't have any chance of succeeding at them. We want to make goals, particularly when we're starting off, when we're not in the habit of setting goals. We want to set goals that are very specific, that are very measured and very achievable. So go back and listen to that if you're not familiar with the concept of SMART goals, because it is just a fantastic success a formula for success when it comes to goal setting as I said I learned the importance of becoming financially literate I learned that there are always choices to be made with spending and that some things are needs and some things are wants and I learned that when it comes to things I want that I can put money aside for once and I can wait until I've saved the money for them so that I don't take that money away from the things that I need. I learned that there are banks that offer dollar for dollar saving savings accounts that basically equates to free money. There is a cap on that, but there are banks who will offer up to $500 in matching dollar for dollar in savings if you're able to meet certain criteria and that knowing that you can access this sort of um, free money is an amazing resource when, especially when you are scrambling to find money to meet your needs. Um, I learned that there are also these things like no fee bank accounts available to use to help save dollars from those bank fees that take away from what you've got in your account. And I guess the point is that anything that you learn is empowering. And when you step into that empowering energy, you begin to reset your subconscious glass ceiling, managing to break through it to start attracting more of what you want into your life. So this is one of the crucial ways that you can begin to heal your scarcity mindset if you are in survival mode. It's funny really how our bank account will not necessarily be the thing that changes our subconscious beliefs and I want you to have a think about that okay because I want you to think and ask yourself have you had some times when you have had a bit of a buffer in your account and it hasn't made you feel any more secure about your level of basic security you still fear losing that you still are coming from a place of lack and um and it's just not making you feel secure there are a couple of things that 
this insecurity can arise from. And one of those things is the trauma of your experiences with financial abuse. And this is something that normally takes time. It can be a major trigger for a long time. And um, the things that I'm sharing in this episode will help you to heal from that trauma because the more confident you become, the more when you come up against this trauma um, is you're going to be able to work through it logically and um, just reassure yourself that your fears of what have happened to you in your past do not have to repeat themselves and are not repeating themselves in this moment because you're on a different path now and you're making different choices for your life. So if you stay in the same cycle and you repeat doing the same thing over and over, then, you know, logic dictates that you will have the same result. But if you start doing things differently to what you have been doing, then logic also dictates that you will actually get a different outcome. Sometimes these outcomes don't feel like remarkably different from the outcome that we're accustomed to. And um, I want you to just keep that in mind because incremental steps small steps will take you a great distance and it may not feel like it at first because you're not very far from where you started but the further along you get the more you'll be able to see that transformation and it's very much the same when it comes to money and when it comes to savings when you start saving money it doesn't seem to be happening very um, quickly and you're not really seeing a great difference to the way that you started but over 12 months if you've been consistently saving $10 a week you're going to end up with $520 that you didn't have or wouldn't have if you hadn't set that money aside so um, so, yeah, it's very much the same when it comes to your own healing to the, the healing work. Um, allow yourself space, allow yourself time um, and allow yourself to tap into the right sorts of support to help you to heal. Don't feel that you have to go through all of this on your own. Don't feel as though you have to have all the answers. Don't feel as though there's anything wrong with you because you are needing to get some support to heal from the trauma of those experiences. Um, there are people and who understand, um, who have experience with what you've been through, who can relate to the things that the pains that um, your experiences have caused you. I just implore you to not stay on your own and not to suffer in silence. Okay, back to our money story and what goes on with money for people is a 
another lack is really the lack of understanding that you may have about how to manage money. Uh, I think there's like this expectation that when you become an adult, you should automatically know what to do in terms of money management. But let's face it, the majority of people were not taught how to manage money when they were growing up, either from their parents or from their schools. It's not generally or it wasn't generally part of the curriculum. And um, the majority of people will learn lessons about managing money the hard way because they've not been able to manage their debt. Things have got out of control for them. And this is where their financial literacy journey begins is by learning things the hard way and having to catch up rather than starting out on the right foot. So don't feel alone if that's you because that's the majority of people. The majority of people are not great at managing their finances. Okay, so um, and your situation might be that you are in survival mode or that you are a little bit ahead of that and you are still not managing to really get further ahead because you are still being held back by your past experiences um, and your lack of financial knowledge at this stage. So um, we live in a society that makes us believe that we should have a credit card, that we should use finance to do things like get new cars, get new phones. We are taught that debt is normal, but we are not taught how to manage debt. All of this is brought about by a consumer-driven society where we are made to feel inadequate if we don't have the latest iPhone or we don't have, you know, a brand new car in the driveway. And we feel even more pressured to continually upgrade what we have because the phone we have is no longer compatible with the latest operating system. So technology actually put places us under a lot of financial pressure, which um, we could really do with a lot less of, especially, you know, when we're talking about, it depends on how many people do you have in your household? So how many children do you have? How many phones do you need to have in your household? For every every child is, you know, there's this expectation that they should have a phone. So these costs can really just escalate quite quickly um, when, especially when you're talking about a family rather than just an individual. So many of the things that we have uh, made, uh, many of the things that we have, we're actually made to feel that we need these things to fit in with the rest of society. So I'll just use a really brief example with my uh, with my kids who are all teenagers, and um, one of them had their phone their phone broke recently, and it wasn't just a case of replacing the screen; it was just a case of the phone was irreparable. So the pressure was on automatically to 
acquire a new phone. And um, the demographic of my child is that the trendy phone to have, the phone that people seem to have, is an iPhone. And an iPhone is, you know, about $1,000. Now, um, when you have something like this, uh, the way that I'm bringing my children up is actually when it comes to those sorts of expenses that they receive an amount to be able to pay that through their earnings. So um, everybody has sort of works with different systems with their kids, but the, uh, the one that I'm working with is they all get a basic amount. Um, they're teenagers. They need to have something in their pocket to be able to, whether it's catch public transport or go and see a movie with their kids or with their with their kids with their friends rather or whether it's to go um, and go on an outing with their friends and grab some takeaway food they need to have a little bit in their pocket to be able to do these things but when it comes to these big expenses like phones the expectation with my kids is that they will cover the cost of those things through earning money. So they've got a capacity to earn extra money through doing jobs at home, whether that's mowing the lawn or washing the cars or, um, or you know, or helping with the cleaning. It, there are lots of different jobs that they are able to do to earn that money over time. And so I'm trying to teach my kids that, um, this instantaneous gratification of just going into debt to get something is a rod for your own back and that it's much better to wait to get that thing until you have saved up from it, for it from the work that you've done. So, um, so yeah, uh, my kids think I'm a pretty tough mum when it comes to that but I'm just trying to give them some tools to actually learn about managing money now as they're growing up so that they'll make much more conscious choices as adults and won't get sucked into um, going into debt for everything that they want um, and that they will know that there's a way to obtain things and just put them off for a little while while they work to um, set the money aside to get that thing that they want. So yeah, so this one of my kids who had his phone broken is is dealing with a second hand, having to use a second hand um, Android phone instead, which um, is a, to him a huge source of embarrassment. But we're just like, this is life, you know. If you want something that is a big dollar item, you have to learn that you've got to work towards acquiring that, and um, that unfortunately I don't have that money tree out in the backyard that I can just go take that $500 off and uh, give it to you to go and get your phone right now so it does teach them uh, about patiently working towards things and also um, yeah just delayed gratification uh, which is a big problem in today's society that we that we're conditioned to have this instant gratification 
because everything's more or less at our fingertips, um, maybe COVID sort of changed that a bit because uh, some of our freedoms have been taken away and that has made us more aware that um, we can't always access everything we want just because we want to. We need to sometimes wait for things um, and sometimes our freedoms can be withheld because of external circumstances. So not everything's in our control. So money's one of those things that we need to try and get back in our control. And we can't do that, um, you know, if we continually live in debt with things like credit cards um, that are, you know, we're accruing enormous amounts of interest on top of, you know, we end up paying back 10 times more than what we borrowed in the first place when we're using things like credit cards to pay for things. When you think about it, is it any wonder that you can't seem to get ahead? Worse than being taught more about finance and ways to manage debt is that the majority of people are not taught how to save. And most people who save they save to spend. So there's a difference between saving to spend and savings because savings is something that should be there for the long term, not something that is there for the short term. So if it's fine to have both, and I, I do believe that we should have both. I think that we should have our long-term savings there and that we, that we don't touch, that just accrues and keeps accruing. And when it gets to a certain amount, you know, we can take some of that and invest it in something. But that saving to spend, I think, is also legitimate and something that we should very much do. I do believe that we should have an account set aside for that so that that means that those things like the iPhone, if we've got that save to spend account, we know that that's not coming out of our budget and impacting on our day-to-day -day living and our needs or, our, you know, existing debt repayment. But we've also still got something there to treat ourselves at the end of the day. So um, that I think is a great incentive to keep striving for and be, being disciplined with your money is when you set aside that save to spend money as well because that will make you feel really good and you'll feel okay about doing the hard yards. Most people think that long-term savings are not within their capability because they are caught in a cycle of just trying to make their debt repayments. So what do you do if this is you? Do you throw up your hands and say, what else can I do? <laughs> what I know to do now, or do you take this opportunity and say, I may not have been taught how to save or how to manage my money, but I can learn. Hopefully you will be like me and you will take the opportunity to say, I may not have been taught how to save or how to manage my money, but I can learn. It will never be enough just to hope that you will get a big windfall of money and that this will fix your financial problems. And believe me, <laughs> I've been there. I thought that this was the way that I would 
solve all my financial woes. But let's just take winning the lottery into consideration. Studies have found that instead of getting people out of financial trouble, winning the lottery got people into more trouble since bankruptcy rates soared for lottery winners three to five times after winning. The reason for this being is that they were not financially literate and did not know how to manage their money. So don't take my word for it, okay? The research is conclusive. People who are not financially literate are prone to lose their money. And I get it. I totally get it. Spending money is so much fun and crunching numbers feels a bit like pulling teeth out. Um, if you are like me, there are a million other things that I would rather do than keep up with my budget and review my short and long-term financial goals. But thankfully, I know that the more that I do look over my accounts closely, the more that I budget, the more that I look at areas I can save money, the more I get specific with my short-term and long-term financial goals, the more confident and secure I feel. The less I concern myself with these things, the more worried I feel about money and the more worried I feel about losing money. If there was a way around doing the number crunching, believe me, I would take it. I love clearing the energetic blocks that people have with money and abundance and I throw myself wholeheartedly into helping people with this. But the practical side of money mastery is something I am actually learning to love. I can quite honestly say that and I never thought I would in a million years. But I love the feeling that it gives me knowing the security it provides me with. And if you're thinking right now, that's easy for you to say, you aren't in survival mode anymore. You aren't drowning in debt. You aren't just scraping by. I just want to share with you, I was all of those things for longer than I care to remember. I remember being that short of money that I would go to a local church every now and again just for food parcels, just to help us get through the week. I remember going to the community centre and getting fuel vouchers so that I could get myself and my kids around. I remember going to charitable agencies to get two weeks worth of rent covered when I had to relocate for a second time and I had zero financial resources to do it. I remember going without a car for a time because my car was too expensive to repair and I couldn't afford another car. I remember being up to my neck in debt. I remember getting help from a debt agency to help me negotiate with my creditors to help me to get my debt under control and when it was just too much for me to manage on my own. 
So if you don't know how to manage your way out of debt, you may like to look at something like I did with getting a debt management agency to help you. I didn't like doing it when I did it because I was already so restricted in my life and so restricted financially. But I saw over time that in relinquishing some of the control I had over my finances to this agency, that I was actually managing to start getting caught up. And not only that, but they actually set aside a small amount in a savings account for me every week. And this ended up being an absolute like godsend to me because I was able to access that money which had accrued to a healthy lump sum. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, it was like tens of thousands of dollars or anything like that. But when I was in crisis and I had no financial buffer and I didn't know how I was going to manage moving house, I was actually able to access that savings money and that helped facilitate that move that kept myself and my children safe. So this is just such a great example of how important it is to have some savings for those crisis times in your life. Without having any savings, you don't have a buffer at all. And this is actually one of the things I know that keeps victims from breaking free from a cycle of abuse. And I know this why, because I was one of them. I was that person who stayed in the relationship because financially I didn't know how to escape it. So this is why it is so important to learn what you can about financial literacy and financial management because it will help you to work out how to have that power to be able to start to get back control over your finances and give you those buffers that you need for those kinds of crises in your life. So learning to manage money well, without a doubt, takes time and it takes discipline. A big reason that many people don't really want to learn about managing their money is that money represents freedom. And freedom is, you know, like things like getting the things that we want and going to the places where we want to go. We absolutely love that feeling that money provides when we use it for the thing that we really want. Maybe it's a new car. God, it feels good to be behind the wheel of that gorgeous new car. But the thing we forget is that the joy doesn't last when we are scratching around trying to find the money for the repayments. If you could remember this one thing, that the freedom that money represents can only be enjoyed when it does not put us in under financial duress, okay? Um, that's the key, all right? We really need to factor that into our 
spending and our spending choices. If there is one thing to rob us of our happiness and our sense of peace, it is financial distress and financial pressure. It is a massive burden, one which none of us want to be lugging around with us for the rest of our lives. So just to recap on how you can break free of a scarcity mindset, even when you are in survival mode, is to understand the relationship you have with money and why you have this relationship. Once you understand the lessons you can learn from the experiences you have had with money to this point in your life, then you can start to break through that glass ceiling that I was talking about, that glass ceiling of your subconscious mind. And you can start reprogramming it with a new paradigm. And understanding that true freedom when it comes to money comes from being financially literate. And if you're struggling with the basics, look to who you can learn from or who you can get support from. Um, please don't suffer on your own. Get some help. Investing your time in learning about money management and how to heal your money story is an investment in your future. I really, really hope that you have got some value from today's episode. Uh, it's a really important topic and it's a great place for you to start to get empowered in your life again. So I have a dream. I have a vision for women to become financially literate, for women to regain control over their finances, for women to be financially independent, for women to experience that freedom that comes with that financial independence. This is what my heart really wishes for. The things that I go about creating in my own life, the transformations that I achieve, the work that I do in helping women with whatever it is, whichever capacity it is, whether it's this podcast or whether it's my workshop or whether it's my program. All these things are here because of my desire for people like me to experience what it is to be free, free in their lives, unburdened by controlling people and toxic people and unburdened by the stress of financial pressure. So this is my wish and um, my desire for you to experience these freedoms in your life and I wish you lots of lots of love and I wish you well. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship. 
And for a long time, I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else 
who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today, sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.